Life is complex. Join us for the simple gifts of wisdom, love, and delight in the written word. Pilgrim's Progress by John Bunyan Chapter 6 Part 1 Now when they were got almost quite out of this wilderness, Faithful chanced to cast his eye back, and espied one coming after him, and he knew him. Oh, said Faithful to his brother, who comes yonder? Then Christian looked and said, It is my good friend Evangelist. Aye, and my good friend too, said Faithful, for it was he that set me the way to the gate. Now was Evangelist come up to them, and thus saluted them. Peace be with you, dearly beloved, and peace be to your helpers. Welcome, welcome, my good Evangelist, said Christian. The sight of thy face brings to my thought thy former kindness, and unwearied laboring for my eternal good. And a thousand times welcome, said good faithful. Thy company, O sweet evangelist, how desirable is it to us poor pilgrims? Then said evangelist, How hath it fared with you, my friends, since the time of our last parting? What have you met with, and how have you behaved yourselves? Then Christian and faithful told him of all the things that had happened to them in the way, and how, and with what difficulty, they had arrived to that place. Right glad am I, said Evangelist, not that you met with trials, but that you have been victors, and for that you have, notwithstanding many weaknesses, continued in the way to this very day. I say, right glad am I of this thing, and that for my own sake and yours. I have sowed, and you have reaped, and the day is coming when both he that sowed and they that reaped shall rejoice together, that is, if you faint not. The crown is before you, and it is an uncorruptible one, so run that you may obtain it. Some there be that set out for this crown, and after they have gone far for it, another comes in and takes it from them. Hold fast, therefore, that you have. Let no man take your crown. Then Christian thanked him for his words, but told him withal that they would have him speak further to them, for their help the rest of the way, and the rather for that they well knew that he was a prophet, and could tell them of things that might happen unto them, and also how they might resist and overcome them. To which request Faithful also consented. So Evangelist began as followeth. My sons, you have heard in the words of the truth of the gospel that you must, through many trials, enter into the kingdom of heaven. And again, that, in every city, bonds and afflictions await you. And therefore you cannot expect that you should go long on your pilgrimage without them in some sort or other. You have found something of the truth of these words upon you already, and more will immediately follow. For now, as you see, you are almost out of this wilderness, and therefore you will soon come into a town that you will by and by see before you. And in that town you will be hardly beset with enemies, who will strain hard, but they will not kill you. And be you sure that one or both of you must seal the truth which you hold with blood. But be you faithful unto death, and the king will give you a crown of life. He that shall die there, although his death will be unnatural, and his pain perhaps great, he will yet have the better of his fellow, not only because he will be arrived at the celestial city soonest, but because he will escape many miseries that the other will meet with in the rest of his journey. But when you are come to the town, and shall find fulfilled what I have here related, 
then remember your friend, and quit yourselves like men, and commit the keeping of your souls to God in well-doing, as unto a faithful Creator. Then I saw in my dream that, when they were got out of the wilderness, they presently saw a town before them, and the name of that town is Vanity. And at the town there is a fair kept, called Vanity Fair. It is kept all the year long. It beareth the name of Vanity Fair because the town where it is kept is lighter than vanity, and also because all that is there sold, or that cometh thither, is vanity. As is the saying of the wise, all that cometh is vanity. This is no newly begun business, but a thing of ancient standing. I will show you the original of it. Almost five thousand years ago, there were pilgrims walking to the celestial city, as these two honest persons are, and Beelzebub, Apollyon, and Legion, with their companions, perceiving by the path that the pilgrims made that their way to the city lay through this town of vanity, they contrived here to set up a fair, a fair wherein should be sold all sorts of vanity, and that it should last all the year long. Therefore at this fair are all such things sold as houses, lands, trades, places, honors, preferments, titles, countries, kingdoms, lusts, pleasures, and delights of all sorts, as wives, husbands, children, masters, servants, lives, blood, bodies, souls, silver, gold, pearls, precious stones, and what not. And moreover, at this fair there are at all times to be seen jugglings, cheats, games, plays, fools, apes, knaves, and rogues, and that of every kind. Here are to be seen too, and that for nothing, thefts, murders, false swearers, and that of a blood-red color. And, as in other fairs of less moment, there are several rows and streets under their proper names, where such and such wares are vended. So here likewise you have the proper places, rows, streets, namely countries and kingdoms, where the wares of this fair are soonest to be found. Here are the Britain row, the French row, the Italian row, the Spanish row, the German row, where several sorts of vanities are to be sold. But as in other fairs, some one commodity is the chief of all the fair. So the ware of Rome and her goods are greatly promoted in this fair. Only our English nation, with some others, have taken dislike thereat. Now, as I said, the way to the celestial city lies just through this town where this lusty fair is kept, and he that would go to the city, and yet not go through this town, must needs go out of the world. The prince of princes himself, when here, went through this town to his own country, and that upon a fair day, too. Yea, and, as I think, it was Beelzebub, the chief lord of this fair, that invited him to buy of his vanities. Yea, would have made him lord of the fair, would he but have done him reverence as he went through the town. Yea, because he was such a person of honor, Beelzebub had him from street to street, and showed him all the kingdom of the world in a little time, that he might, if possible, allure that blessed one to ask for and buy some of his vanities. But he had no mind to the merchandise and therefore left the town without laying out so much as one farthing upon these vanities. This fair, therefore, is an ancient thing of long standing, 
and a very great fair. Now these pilgrims, as I said, must needs go through this fair. Well, so they did. But behold, even as they entered into the fair, all the people in the fair were moved and the town itself, as it were, in a hubbub about them, and that for several reasons. For, first, the pilgrims were clothed with such kind of garments as were different from the raiment of any that traded in that fair. The people, therefore, of the fair made a great gazing upon them. Some said they were fools, some they were bedlams, and some they were outlandish men. Secondly, and as they wandered at their apparel, so they did likewise at their speech, for few could understand what they said. They naturally spoke the language of Canaan. But they that kept the fair were the men of this world, so that from one end of the fair to the other they seemed barbarians, each to the other. Thirdly, but that which did not a little amuse the storekeepers was that these pilgrims set very light by all their wares. They cared not so much as to look upon them, and if they called upon them to buy, they would put their fingers in their ears and cry, Turn away mine eyes from beholding vanity, and look upwards, signifying that their trade and traffic were in heaven. Once chanced, mockingly, beholding the actions of the men to say unto them, What will you buy? But they, looking gravely upon him, said, We buy the truth. At that there was an occasion taken to despise the men the more, some mocking, some taunting, some speaking reproachfully, and some calling on others to smite them. At last things came to a hubbub, and great stir in the fair, insomuch that all order was confounded. Now was word presently brought to the great one of the fair, who quickly came down and deputed some of his most trusty friends to take these men for trial, about whom the fair was most overturned. So the men were brought to trial, and they that sat upon them asked them whence they came, whither they went, and what they did there in such an unusual garb. The men told them that they were pilgrims and strangers in the world, and that they were going to their own country, which was the heavenly Jerusalem, and that they had given no occasion to the men of the town nor yet to the merchants, thus to abuse them, and to hinder them in their journey. Except it was for that, when one asked them what they would buy, they said they would buy the truth. But they that were appointed to examine them did not believe them to be any other than crazy people and mad, or else such as came to put all things into a confusion in the fair. Therefore they took them, and beat them, and besmeared them with dirt, and then put them into the cage that they might be made a spectacle to all the men of the fair. There, therefore, they lay for some time, and were made the objects of any man's sport, or malice, or revenge, the great one of the fair laughing still at all that befell them. But the men being patient, and not rendering railing for railing, but contrariwise blessing, and giving good words for bad, and kindness for injuries done, some men in the fair that were more observing and less opposed than the rest began to check and blame the baser sort for their continual abuses done by them to the men. They, therefore, in an angry manner, let fly at them again, counting them as bad as the men in the cage, and telling them that they seemed to be in league with them, and should be made partakers of their misfortunes. The others replied that for aught they could see, the men were quiet and sober, and intended nobody any harm and that there were many that traded in their fare that were more worthy to be put into the cage, yea, and pillory too, 
than were the men that they had abused. Thus, after diverse words had passed on both sides, the men behaving themselves all the while very wisely and soberly before them, they fell to some blows and did harm to one another. Then were these two poor men brought before the court again, and there charged as being guilty of the late hubbub that had been in the fair. So they beat them pitifully, and hanged irons upon them, and led them in chains up and down the fair, for an example and terror to others, lest any should speak in their behalf or join themselves unto them. But Christian and faithful behaved themselves yet more wisely, and received the wrongs and shame that were cast upon them with so much meekness and patience, that it won to their side, though but few in comparison of the rest, several of the men in the fair. Tis the gift to be simple, tis the gift to be free, tis the gift to come down where we ought to be, and when we find ourselves in the place just right, t'will be in the valley of love and delight. When true simplicity is gained, to bow and to bend, we will not be ashamed. To turn, turn, will be our delight, till by turning, turning, we come round right. <laughs>